You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber. Please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello. Welcome to episode 131 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters. Thank you. I have two reminders for everybody. And the first reminder is I did do a poll on all of social media. And as requested, I will keep the bi-weekly standard for episodes. I think maybe in the spring or summer, I'll put the poll back up and see if we can go back to weekly episodes, but it's up to you guys. Um, other reminder, there will be a Heartless musical. I bought my plane ticket. I'm definitely going to be there. Marissa said she's going to try and be there. It will be in Holiday, Utah. That's Holla, like H-O-L-L-A, Day, Utah. Um, February 5th, tickets are only $5. But they are trying to find a way to virtually record it so that it can be available to anyone who cannot come. I'm not entirely sure what the tickets are going to be or when that will be posted. But you can check out their Instagram, Heartless Musical, or you can go to their YouTube channel and watch videos and behind the scenes footage and get to know more about the musical there. In other news, I'm very excited to talk about chapters 25 and 26 of Winter Today with We Ship It podcast. If you guys would introduce yourselves and then tell me what, well, I already know because I was on an episode, but tell my listeners (laughs) what We Ship It podcast is about. Sure. Uh, So hi, guys. I'm Stephanie Stone, and I'm just one of the co-hosts with Devin here. Hi. Um, Yeah, of the We Ship It podcast, and we're a relatively new podcast. I mean, we started during the COVID situation, and Devin and I, we live far away, but we're longtime friends, and we decided this would be just sort of a fun way for us to reconnect about different literature and movies that we love. Um, So We Ship It, really, we talk about our favorite ships of all time. So if you guys, we we were back from the the Tumblr days. We're going back to like the Ship It days where um, (laughs) couples in books and movies, you know, you have your OTP, all of that. Uh, We talk about different couples from literature, movies, TV that we love and that we don't like so much. Uh, And Devin and I just kind of, we've talked about who, like Elizabeth and Darcy. We've talked about Ron and Hermione. Um, We even talked with Bethany, obviously, about uh, Cresswell. Um, So we just kind of dive into different situations like that and bring on guests, and it's a ton of fun. Um, It is a ton, a ton, a ton of fun. mm -hmm. Devin, do you have anything else to add? 
Yeah. Um, we also, about a year ago now, it's crazy. Um, we also have an episode out there with Marissa Meyer herself. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a joy to talk to her. And we focused per- predominantly on Cinder and Kai for that episode. So if you haven't already done so, please go ahead and give it a listen and see what your thoughts are. Maybe it'll be the one that'll tie you in. It's actually our most listened to episode. So I think this fandom is just like, they're on fire right now. So just (laughs) shout out to you guys. It was a really great episode. Absolutely. Isn't she the best to talk to? I know when I first talked to her, she was like, she said between my podcast and the Lunar Chronicles getting the new covers, there's been like a resurgence in the fandom like it's starting Mm -hmm. to have like almost a second wave Um, which is really cool to see which i felt very honored by because i was like i don't know if my podcast did that so much as the new covers (laughs) (laughs) because i only have like 150 listeners but thank you (laughs) the other thing and i completely forgot about this the other thing i'm supposed to be doing now is it was requested that i start doing what marissa does on her podcast which is saying like one thing that they're happy about this week, right? Oh, fun. Something I am happy about this week. I did it. I'm done. I graduated. It's yes. Over. Oh, girl, yes. <laughs> Super exciting. Yeah, the graduation was phenomenal. It was wonderful to be there and to get to like walk across the stage. And uh, I was, okay, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little bummed out. So not to brag. But I finished my entire bachelor's degree and master's degree and certification in less than three years. I was top of my class, graduated with a 4.0, had two articles published while I was there. Give it to me. Give it to me. I won a (laughs) symposium award. I got a popular vote award. And at the end of everything I've done, after all the work I put in, they're like, hey, the president of the university wants to take a photo with you after you graduate. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is like what all my work was for. I'm about to be like acknowledged for all of that they wanted my photo because my husband is in the military and they wanted a photo off after all the work i did this is just for like a man to get credit from another man like it's literally like a congratulations on all your hard work but the reason we're celebrating you is because you're married (laughs) hashtag nice yeah i was so upset my husband was like you're welcome i was like i'm really not like i'm not Yes, it's cool that I, I got this picture. <laughs> it's cool that I got this picture, but I'm also bummed about right. the reason behind no, I it. Understand. I'm like, I'm like, man, after all, I wish he would have just been like, great job. And this is why we want a picture. But instead, Aww. it's like, a, well, you're one of our first military spouses to finish this program. And we're really excited to have so much support for the United States Air Force. And I'm like, I mean, good on you guys. This is a great photo op for you. I'm sure military <laughs> members are going to see this and be like, what a great school. Um, but I definitely feel like all of my accomplishments were just clouded over by my husband and the fact that he's in the Aww. military. <laughs> so I'm happy. Well, we I appreciate all your accomplishments. Thank yes. you. Yeah. I am happy I'm graduate. Like I'm done. I have my degree. I have my certification. It's over. I can move on. I've gotten a lot Congrats. of people that are like, "Are you going to get your doctorate?" And I'm like, "No." Heck no. no. <laughs> Do you have any idea how much work this was? I am super duper done. I know. Good I'm currently you. working on my master's as well, and it is isn't it exhausting? People it's do a trip. not prepare you for master's program. Yeah, no, especially when you're working on the side and you have a personal yes. life and you have everything else going on. Personal a podcast. Life. That's a personal <laughs> life. <laughs> um, but no, it's fun. It's crazy. 
crazy, but it's a And blast. maybe in a little while, I'll have you on another episode. And what's <gasps> making you happy is that you graduated. Maybe. Oh, we, can be fun. Fun. we can be like grad school buddies, even though we didn't. There you go. Well, together. <laughs> <laughs> what is making you guys happy this week? Ooh. Devin? Um, you know what? What is making me happy? Making me happy that I'm counting down the days till Christmas break. Yay! <laughs> from because, school and from teaching, right? Because you're also yes. a teacher. Yeah, I, I'm a teacher. And as much as I love my kids, they are also driving me up the wall as it is getting <laughs> close to Christmas. <laughs> Truth time, right? <laughs> um, and I teach freshmen and they are eccentric and they have a lot of character and they sometimes just need to bottle that inside them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but they're a blast. Um, so, yes, I am looking forward to Christmas. I'm looking forward to relaxing. And uh, I was just telling Steph before we got on here, like, I have so much greeting and it's craziness, but it'll be okay. It'll be all worth it once we make it to Christmas and I can settle down. I can um, just enjoy my time with friends and family and all that jazz. So awesome. So for me, definitely also Christmas. I mean, I've been making cookies <laughs> all month long for platters and stuff. But in reality, specifically today, I had my first physical therapy session. And it's like the least pain that I have felt. Like I went through all the exercises and stuff and all the pain is like gone. Woo-hoo! And that's what's making Yay! me happy right yeah. now. It's just like I'm glad that there is a foreseeable future where I don't have neck pain. So nice. that's what I'm happy about. <laughs> So That's I was actually late exciting. today because as as we talked about, I've finally gotten back into exercising and running again. And um, yes. I'm actually just now running, but I used to run like five miles at a time, Whoa. three to five times a week. And um, the reason that I stopped running was because I busted my shoulder on a run. Ooh. Ouch. And then just went to lazy town. I feel. <laughs> I mean, so, we all feel you. Like I've been there, and I'm super excited for you because, Thank like, you. getting to that point where it's like, okay, I'm starting to feel like a human being who can do things without breaking in half anymore is amazing. Yep. It truly is. And I've been feeling this pain, I want to say, since 2018, I had an injury and I didn't really realize how serious. Oh, no, wait. I know. No, mine was 2019. Sorry. But we were close. We were close to like injury buddies. Honestly, (laughs) it's it's kind of funny. But um, I didn't realize how like long neck injuries last. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this will go away after a couple of days. And here we are like three years later. I'm like, uh, guess I got to go to physical therapy now. <laughs> I like um, didn't understand shoulder injuries. Like I, okay. So for starters, I thought that I dislocated my shoulder. I actually ow. like completely separated it from my body, which is apparently two totally Ooh. different things. Hey-o. No big <laughs> so deal. I had to get surgery and have it like anchored back into the body so oh, that it geez. wouldn't go anywhere. But, like, when I first got injured, I was like, oh, I've seen TV. People, like, walk around after an, an they get a dislocated shoulder and they're like 20 minutes later, someone makes them like a no big deal. and they're totally Ooh. fine. So I'm like, I just have to do that and I'll be fine. And it's like two years later and they're like, I think you need surgery. We're not making the progress we should be. And I'm like, what is happening? I saw Grey's Anatomy and none of them went through this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I religiously watch Grey's Anatomy and this is not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> But I think it's typical, right? Like TV kind of misprepares us for for injuries. So I totally, I totally get what you're feeling. Where it's like, I thought this would be really easy, but it turns out I'm still struggling. Yep. (laughs) Oh no. So yeah, that's what I'm thankful for this week. 
I'm super thankful for you because I know that you're like on the good path. And I wish we lived closer. We could do like some of this fun stuff together. I don't know if you like running, but. I hate running, but like I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) My husband used to run cross country. Yeah, my husband cross country too. He did. And I was a volleyball player. So I don't like like long-term endurance stuff. I like like quick. And he's like, just run. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> it's can't one of those things it. where I'm like crying and like wheezing and <laughs> it's a struggle. I um, Very nice. Running is yeah. like the only form of cardio that I enjoy doing. That's good. Um, so I definitely want to get back at it. I I. I know that my husband hates running. The only reason he <laughs> runs is because the military makes him. And he's always Oof. like, you know, as soon as I'm done, <laughs> as soon as I'm done being in the military, like the running stops. I'm it never stops doing today. it ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he like runs just enough. Like they tell him he has to run a mile and a half. So he's like, all right, a mile and a half. I'm done after That's that. That's it. Um, whereas I'm like, let's do five miles. Let's do a 10K. Like what sounds oh like fun. Oh, like, no. no, leave me alone. I'm not doing it. I mean, props to you for, like, looking into that stuff and wanting to do it. Like, there's something in me that always wants to say I've done a 5K, but (laughs) I don't think that I'll ever go through it. It's one of those things, like, I always wanted to do that. Like, I always had that mindset of, like, I want to do a 5K. I want to do a half marathon. Like, I want to get that stupid sticker and T-shirt that said I did these things. (laughs) Um, And then there was – I've always been really good about, like, committing to something. So I had I w- I had one of those days where I was like, you know what? If I want to do this, I should actually do this and not just sit around and complain. Um, and then within like six months, I was running a 5K like four or five times a week. Nice. Good for you, man. That's I, great. But, I mean, I've just always been able to, to do that. If I have the right motivation, I can do it, which is why I know that I have been lazy because <laughs> because I haven't done it and I could have, right? So right. – <laughs> But I've, I've always been able to do that. My husband gets super jealous because, like, I'll just be like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And then, in, you know, like in – was it 2014? 2014, I was like, I think I'm going to be a vegetarian. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I've been looking into it. I think it'll be fine. And he was like, okay. And uh, <laughs> when was 2014? Seven years ago. Oh, my gosh. Nice. <laughs> it was just It was literally like the next day I was like, I'm a vegetarian now. And, um, Yeah. I don't know Good why I'm you. like that. <laughs> no, that's great. Oh, my gosh. I wish I could say that I'm like that about everything, but you can tell how how little I care about something <laughs> because I won't have that mindset. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, when you care, you really care. Right? Exactly. I mean, I have the podcast, right? Like, yep. I, I was like, I could do a podcast, maybe, and I – I think it'll be three years in uh, May. So yeah, That's what is this? One hundred thirty something. One hundred thirty-one. Is that not insane? That's that seriously crazy. amazing. Ah. Like, good for you getting this far. Because when we started, Devin and I were like, uh, I don't know how long this is going to last, and we're just like, happy to be hanging on after like a year and a half. Now. Absolutely. We enjoy every moment. Yes, we do. <laughs> I know that I've talked to people before and they're like, what's the hardest part about doing the podcast? And I'm like, one is schedules because I work with different podcasters and um, authors and guests all the time. And so juggling schedules, especially mine, can be hard because I'm not the most reliable person. Stuff (laughs) happens and I stay in my bed. 
Um, <laughs> and then just editing stuff on time. Like the recording yep. is super fun. Oh yeah. gosh, I it's, know. It's that when feel. you have like six episodes that need to be recorded in like three days that it's like, oh, I let this get out of hand. Yeah, <laughs> why did I do this to myself? Bethany <laughs> so is so dumb. I hate her. Literally, as we speak, Bethany, I am late on our previous episode. Right? Coming. Let, me, let me look at my calendar. I am going out of town for the holidays, so I was like, okay, yep. I got to record like jam pack, right? Yep. So I have one, two, three, four. I have five episodes waiting for me to edit them. Yeah, no big and it deal. needs to be done by the 19th. That's future Bethany's problem. <laughs> totally That's possible. future Bethany's problem. <laughs> and I'm also like working on my book, so I'm like, I don't want to stop writing just to like edit. So I'm like trying to mm-hmm. make things up. I'm like, okay, I have I I know I need to do laundry, so I can edit an episode while I'm folding laundry tomorrow. And then I won't feel like I'm just staring at audacity for an hour and a half. Right. Like, right. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll feel like I'm accomplishing something. I told my husband, I was like, if I could find a way to edit while I was on my treadmill, I would accomplish so much. <laughs> I would get so much done. <laughs> Although that Honestly. does sound a little dangerous. No, I. that's the thing about <laughs> editing. It's like it feels so tedious because you're just listening to your own voice and it's like, oh, gosh. But so I've tried to like pair it up with other things now. Yes, or crocheting or – Yes, um, something productive. Something productive. Like I'm usually crocheting something right now. I'm making my husband a Yoda doll. Oh, um, get out. very cool. <laughs> I'm super excited. I found this like ridiculously plushy soft yarn to use. Nice. And it's super squishy and soft. And um, it's difficult because I have a bunch of patterns and they all suck. So I'm just kind of figuring out. It's like, <laughs> I'm just like, I'll just make one up. Well, um, is it is it Yoda or Baby Yoda? Uh, baby Yoda, sorry. Oh, yeah, perfect. Baby Yoda. Grogu. Which is harder. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. Is it for Christmas? Should, is are you allowed to announce it, or <laughs> it's just because he wanted one? He just wanted one, and I know how to crochet, so it was like, yes. yeah, I'll make that for you. Like, very nice. Being the benefits of being married to someone who crochets. If you want them to make you something, you just have to be like, please. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, sure, why not? <laughs> It do- I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to, I have to watch TV with him sometimes. Right. Um, and like that's right now we're watching do. all of New Girl. So. Oh, yes. Have you watched uh, New, Girl New Girl yet? Girl. I watched the first couple seasons, but drifted off. So we're, oh, right no. now we're in like the third or fourth season. So it's all new, oh, which is exciting. Um, but I can okay. sit there and crochet while I'm, while I'm watching it. What it's do you like, think of the couples in that show? Actually, now I'm going to We Ship It Brain, but I'm like, we, I need to hear your that, opinion. Nick and, so, Nick and Jess were one of Nick our and first Jess. episodes. <laughs> Nick and Jess. <laughs> Devin um, was so annoyed. I was like, we need to do Nick and Jess immediately. He yes. was like, all right. My husband absolutely <laughs> adores um, Schmidt. He thinks he's just the Schmidt. best character ever. He's awesome. He loves that he's like so incredibly metrosexual and confident yes. and um, <laughs> and funny, but also like he's successful and knows how to like, he's the only adult, like he can pay his bills yep. and like has legit like credit score and stuff. Um, Such a hero. <laughs> and I love Schmidt and Cece like uh, right now. <laughs> They're not together yep. on the show, but- Mm. Uh, or no wait they just right. got engaged on the show so i think we're actually a couple of seasons ahead than i thought but uh the engagement made me cry it was so cute oh my god I if you know. ever watch <laughs> i should say like skip ahead i'll put it in the show notes but um i think winston is hilarious i want him to be winston. my best friend yes 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 yes, yes. 
I definitely had a crush on Coach, but I definitely want Winston to be like my BFF. He and I could go to Taylor <laughs> concerts together and Literally. just like have so much fun. He is like one of the best. I think he's one of the funniest characters that he's so I have funny. watched. I love his they all have pranks. their perks. Yes, his, his pranks like, are great. Oh, show. Like, man. oh my gosh. It's oh, so his great. His pranks are amazing. They make me so happy. Greatest show. Seriously, I could do a podcast about that one too. Honestly, like an episode I honestly, by episode. I keep that show on as I work, like all day long, basically. It's just like what's on in the background because I know it so well by this point that I don't even have to watch and I still kind of <laughs> know what's going on. <laughs> That's perfection. I, mean, I would also say like in terms of sitcoms, one of my favorite things about New Girl is that there's no laugh track. Yes. Mm, I think yes. we get sort of conditioned it's to it. Natural. Like I love Friends and How I Met Your Mother was great and stuff, but you get kind of conditioned to the laugh track and you don't notice it anymore, I guess. Yeah. Right. But like watching this show, I'm like, no one is telling me when to laugh. This is great. <laughs> I love this. Like this is one of my favorite things about the show is that no one is telling me, okay, you're supposed to laugh right here. Because it does slightly pull you out just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it you does. Know? Especially if you're like binge watching, like you might not notice right away but like two or three episodes in it's like man that thing's going off all the time (laughs) somebody turn that off (laughs) welcome back to uh television show podcast yeah honestly (laughs) yeah right (laughs) let's let's transition here into what are you currently reading Ooh. Devin Jinx. Uh, <laughs> let me look at my Goodreads. I don't know if Devin has his answer already, but I have like a Yeah, I do, right just now. because I know I'm prepping for an episode. Um, so I – well, I'll talk about what I just finished and what I'm currently reading. So I just finished Water for Elephants. Um, I posted about it on social, on Insta. Um, it's been on my shelf for a while, and I've just been like – leaving it there mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know like the, i i will My tell you that i have TBR like our pile <laughs> exactly. i have so much so many books um that i haven't read i'm just like yeah i really like having it on the shelf <laughs> i don't know what's going wrong with me anyways um so i i found was like i'm gonna pick you up i'm gonna do it and i did it and um i actually read it as because uh we're in the novel unit for my class um at school so um, while the kids were reading, I was reading along with them. So I finished my book as they finished their book. Um, and Waterfall Elephants was brilliant. It was beautiful. Um, it was very real. Um, the writing was very, um, how do I put it? Uh, just raw. Um, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, The Great Gatsby. So if you're mm-hmm. interested in Great Gatsby, you love that. Um, I would highly encourage you to pick up Water for Elephants. And currently what I'm reading is Almost Maine. Um, yeah, prepped. Yeah, prepping for it. Um, it what It is a spinoff, not a spinoff. It is a, a rendition, an adaptation. Adaptation, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, it's an adaptation of a play um, that I am more familiar with and then i read i'm i just found this and i was like oh cool it's a book awesome i can add it to my tbr list that i is ex- ever expanding um yep. but almost main is um should i go into what it's about yeah go for it <laughs> okay cool <laughs> almost main is essentially um one night in a town called almost 
Maine. Um, and it's one night, but various characters all experience different happenings on this night um, that have to deal with love and falling in love, falling out of love, understanding what love is. Um, and it's very, um, some of the scenes I'm talking about the show, not the show, the play a little bit. Um, some of the scenes are very symbolic, very metaphorical things happen and, um, it means something much bigger, uh, mm-hmm. in perspective. So I really enjoy the, enjoy the play when I saw it, I saw it twice, I believe. Um, and I was like, Steph, we need to do this, especially during this time where we're in the winter feels. Because um, it's set around um, winter time, so I'm looking forward to finishing it. Um, and yeah, so if you haven't picked it up, I'm sure you could find a PDF of the script somewhere. But if you want to read the book, um, you can always pick up the book as well. Cool. And I'm supposed to be reading Almost Made, <laughs> uh, but, but I, I'm not. The thing is. <laughs> I have such a list. Like, I don't know if you guys are like this, but I start books and I, it takes me a long time to finish them because I start another book. Nope. Um, no, I have anxiety if I start a book, I'm finishing Same. it before I touch anything Honestly, else. Honestly, good Same. for you guys because right now, let me read you this list of my currently reading on Goodreads. No, Steph, uh, no. I feel like this is going to give me anxiety attack. <laughs> <laughs> so I have The Return of the King because every couple of years I go back to Lord of the Rings and I'm like, I don't remember every single detail. So I need to read the whole thing again. You want to um, hate me just a little bit? Do not say that you hate Lord of the Rings. I don't hate it. It's just too okay. complicated for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, think, I think what it is, I genuinely think I'm too stupid to like no. keep track of everything. <laughs> like every time I try to read it, I'm like, when was that mentioned? And I was like, I get so it's... caught up in like the details and stuff. Yeah, and I just get, I get so distracted and overwhelmed. And I'm like, this is too much work for me. Like I need a more be. basic story. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so- I think fantasy in general is very is a very difficult genre to follow yeah. um, because Especially always if there's always adding a lot to the of story. Rules. Like that's why I'm not going to yeah. say because I'm like, when was that rule established? And I have to, like, <laughs> when I read the Cruel Prince series, I had like a notebook where I yes. was like, okay, I got to keep track of all these rules. Cause when they're mentioned in two books, I'm going to be like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what's crazy about it. We just did an episode on Aragorn and Arwen, um, and their entire relationship happens in the footnotes. So it's like th- when a story has an entire relationship being described in the footnotes of a story, like, you know, it's got too many details. So I'll give you that. <laughs> um, so Return of the King, I've got Midnight Sun. I'm still working through. That's been like a year in the making, guys. Um Midnight, Midnight Sun. Sun is hard to get through. It Talk is about hard. Another, another book that's like got too much going on. I'm like, girl, it does not need to be this convoluted. I know. And so Devin and I need to do a Twilight series soon. And I just, I'm really afraid of what Devin's going to tell me he thinks about Bella and Edward. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, if you need a guest for that, my sister Lindsay is like obsessed and she knows oh boy. everything. Oh, sweet. Well, definitely. Like, she we, has we're going to need a lot of guests. Like, once or twice a year, every year since she was like 16. Like, that Amazing. girl knows awesome. her shit. So, if you need a guest, message me and I will hype up my sister. 100%. Nice. Because we're going to do, when we do the Twilight series eventually, we're just going to do all the couples from Twilight. So, we're going to need several guests that are like Twilight nerds. Um, so, what else am I reading? So, oh, there's also a book called Yes, Please by um, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler, yep. Yes. 
And I I've seen just am obsessed with Leslie Nope. Like Devin knows this. Yes. Obsessed with Leslie Nope from She is uh, Leslie Nope, everybody. Yes, I am in love. So I was like, I gotta read this book. I know it's not technically Parks and Rec, but she has some amazing insight. That woman, I don't know how her brain works as fast as it does, but as I'm reading, I'm just like, there's so much insight in here, and you're just a comedian. Like, you're brilliant. This is amazing. Um, and I'm not usually a comedy fan, so like reading a little bit more about her life and what brought her to comedy is just super inspiring to me. Cool. Um, but yeah, sorry, I won't give you more. There's about three more on this oh list, so I gosh. won't go through them. <laughs> Literally. I just can't. You give me so much anxiety, Steph. I give myself anxiety. I literally had my very first did not finish this year, and it's still I still feel slightly guilty. Not guilty enough that I'm going to read it, but slightly guilty. (laughs) No, what book is it? Like, are you not going to finish it? I'm not going to finish it. I can't. It's I just cannot. It's (laughs) it's the Rapunzel Disney like retelling. Oh, it's called What Once Was Mine, and it's you know where they change up the story a little yeah, yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not good. And I can't. I, it's not for me. I didn't like it. I didn't okay. like it. I actually had All a right. friend, um, Drew fair, from fair. Us Slippers and Spindles podcast. His sister was reading it, mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. messaged her, and she was like, "Well, let me know when you get to this part." And I ended up messaging her, and I was like, "Nope, I'm at seventeen percent, and I can't not do it." Not gonna get to that part. Sorry, no, I'm not doing it. I can't. She was like, "That's okay. I totally get it." I like forced myself, and I was like, "Nope." And I even got an early copy on NetGalley, so I was like, "Oof." Y'all said to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Love it. You know, I the my time because I was an English major. My time in college, I hated having more than one English related course because they would always backlog with like several Reading. texts and readings and poetry, and I'd be like, my brain cannot, my can't can't, can't wrap my mind around. Uh, the Scarlet Letter and um, like all these other texts. I was like, I can only read one thing at a time. Please stop doing this to me. (laughs) (laughs) I would get really frustrated when they're like, okay, just read chapters one through five until next week. And I'm like, do you know who your target audience is? (laughs) Teacher. Like some of my teach, because I'm a librarian. So some of my teachers were like, "Um, yeah, I used to tell people to just read like one or two chapters at a time, but no one listens. So just do whatever you want. And I'm like, well, at least you understand your target audience. (laughs) At least you're honest now. (laughs) If you hand me this book, I'm not doing two chapters a week and calling it squaresies. Look at that. Very nice. So listeners will be very happy to know that I am currently reading um, the Court of Thorns and Roses series for the first time. Which has been. I've seen a lot about it. I haven't I've really looked so into it. so much noise about like, why haven't you read this yet? I can't believe you haven't read this yet. <laughs> um, so I am finally reading it. I'm only about, I'm like 60% through the first one. I do really like it. The audiobooks are good too. Um, I'm kind of going back and forth between the audiobooks and the print, you know, because I can mm-hmm, cut mm-hmm. out like three chapters on the audiobook while I'm going for a run. Right, so exactly. I'm not going to miss that opportunity. So it is really good. It's Fae, which, like I said before, I'm not good at. But this one doesn't have as many rules. So that's oh, that's good. a plus. That's, that's good. a huge plus. I will say, so far, a lot of the rules are crap. Because within, like, five chapters, it'll be like, that's not a real rule. And I'm like, well, you convinced me it was before. <laughs> so, <laughs> Don't lie to me. <laughs> what do I keep track of? <laughs> that's funny. 
Um, but yeah, there's quite a few books in that. So I'll be reading those over the for a while and they're pretty chunky too right yeah the first one's not so bad but then like the second one is even bigger and then the third one is even bigger and yeah <laughs> very nice um so yeah i'm, I'm kind of hoping i'm not in school right now so hey um i'm kind of hoping that i'll be able to read more i do have i'm still working on my book so that's going to take up time um I'm also I'm writing this article for uh, the American Library Association magazine right now, so that's taking up some Ooh, time. Cool, very nice. but yeah, it'll be cool if they publish it. Um, it's one of those things where they're like, "Can someone write an article on this?" And I'm like, "Sure," and they're like, "Thank you." And then I'm like, "But you know, are they really going to publish it? <laughs> are you <laughs> doing anything what with if it? It's crap. Like, what if I write this article and they're like, "Well, we can't publish this. Like, this is not good, girl." <laughs> um, but we'll see. So I'm working on an article for them about graphic novel literature. Ooh, very Ooh. nice. Send that our yes. way. That sounds interesting. Big advocate for graphic novel literature. I could. Yeah. I could do an entire presentation on it, and I did. in 11th grade at our school they get to one of the reading options is um the dark knight or the dark knight returns or one of them um so yeah we've incorporated graphic novels into even the teaching curriculum which is really cool. cool a lot of the books that teachers require reading like what you said the scarlet letter and stuff like that have been made into graphic novels yeah, yeah, yeah. so i highly encourage those but um yeah, I yeah actually studies have... have shown that graphic novel literature is actually a, a more comprehensive version of literature especially for younger readers um oh, like yeah. freshmen yeah. like you talked about yep, because yep, yep. They actually have to read the story three times. They have to read it once for the words and dialogue. They have to read it once for the images and pictures. And then they have to combine all three of those elements. And so in order to do that, they're actually reading the story three times per page as they go through the book, which means they're absorbing quite a bit more of the story than just words on a page. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, There's also cool. some studies that show creating lifelong readers is better with graphic novels. I'm sure as a teacher, Devin, you're kind of aware of this, but mm-hmm. a lot of times kids go from Dr. Seuss where it's nothing but pictures and rhyming words. And then within like three years, we expect them to read The Hatchet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with barely anything to transition in the middle. And so mm-hmm. um, graphic novels are fantastic stepping stones in between those types of books, yeah, as are books like um some some other books I would recommend in that in that sort of genre. One of my favorite books to recommend is the Magic Treehouse books because there <gasps> yes! are a few, it's very small and they do have some illustrations have pictures, throughout. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I seriously, yeah, I could go on and on them. and on about graphic novel literature. <laughs> yeah. And what's really, uh, so I hope to do a lesson with them because, um, I, we're doing Romeo and Juliet in our next unit when we come back from, um, winter break. And, um, obviously we're going to be reading Shakespeare, but we're also going to be reading the English trans, uh, American standard translation, whatever they call it. And mm-hmm. then we're also going to be hopefully, I'll take a look at one scene or two scenes with the graphic novel of it because I have a copy of that as well. So I'm looking yeah, forward to incorporating that. Novel, um, I don't know which one you have, but the one by Gareth Hines is absolutely beautiful. Really? Uh-huh. No, I think I have I just the uh, the No Fear Shakespeare version. Oh, but... the No Fear one is good too. Yeah, there's yeah. one by Gareth Hines and mm-hmm. it's more kind of middle grade. Okay. Um, like 12 
like, well, age is 12, but, you know, reading levels mm-hmm, is probably mm-hmm. seven to nine. Um, right. But the artwork in it is so um, now, if that makes sense. Like, it's the kind like of modernized. Current, yes. Like, it's kind okay. well, not necessarily modern in terms of, like, what they wear, or what they look like or something. But, like, the artwork has a theme uh, and style, like, what we're used to seeing now, especially oh, in, like, fan cool. art and anime and stuff like that. Nice. So, it's very appealing to kids because, especially if you don't tell them that it's written by an old white guy from, like, 1500. <laughs> 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 but it's very appealing to them because it just seems like any other graphic novel. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually, one of my kids, this was a couple years ago, one of my kids was struggling reading Romeo and Juliet. I was like, well, mm-hmm. how about you take this home and just like read two scenes and see what happens? And he came, comes back the next day and he's like, um, I read the whole act. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really cool. And I think that graphic novels are great for that because like even kids who don't like to read don't have to read, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like with a graphic novel, you can just look at the pictures and you'll understand a fairly large portion of What's the happening. book. Yeah, and that's sure. what makes it so appealing to them because they understand a fairly large portion of the book, but they know they'll get more if they read. And so they're motivated mm-hmm. to read to fill in those blanks. Yeah, yeah. But I, before I make this a graphic novel literature podcast, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about some Fan Art Friday. Also an amazing thing, right? So this is by Kat Adara, who is an incredibly talented artist. She also did all of the artwork for the Lunar Chronicles coloring book. Um, These are from, yes, she's so talented. She's amazing. Um, This is stunning. It really is gorgeous. gorgeous. So this is from, she actually made um, book sleeves for Ooh, the Lunar wow. Chronicles. And this really is cool. the one that is from, so you can look them up. They're absolutely gorgeous. This is the one from Winter and it's Winter and Jason, sorry, Winter and Jason <laughs> um, <laughs> with Artemisia in the background and that starry, starry, beautiful sky. Jason wow. has yeah, his ponytail. Thank sky, you, Cat. Love the tiny his, ponytail. His little, his little tiny little thing his there. Little, yep. You know what? I just cut off all my hair and that's about the size of my ponytail. So it, it almost it almost has like that Padawan kind of feel <laughs> yes, to it. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I love, love his uniform. It looks super great. Yes, and her dress. Oh, oh my, my God. Gorgeous. Seriously. I'm in love with this whole thing, honestly. Yeah, I love the detail of her scar too. Very nice. Yes. It looks, literally looks like it's twinkling. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gorgeous. Absolutely oh, gorgeous. Yeah. I'm a big fan. And I, I don't know why, but like something about it feels very breathy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the haze, like the purpleness to it, which is my favorite mm-hmm. color. Me but, too. Ooh. Yay! See, you and I have so much in common. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I just I, I love like how it transports you almost because what's great about the Lunar Chronicles is like it's not just like, oh, we're on Earth, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is such a beautiful, and this is kind of how I picture it too. It's just like this beautiful kingdom in the stars, basically. Mm-hmm. And that Absolutely. is. Absolutely. She did so well with this. That's amazing. Yeah. I love the neutral background and allowing the stars to stand out. And then obviously, Winter and Jason just like right there, front and center. Um, they're both stunning. Beautiful. The Absolutely. highlighting on the faces perfection and so much detail this could almost be a photograph i kind of want to zoom in just to like 
really look at it. Like it's so good. Like even that little dimple little highlight on her shoulder thing. Like, come on, that's oh, look awesome. Look at his face. There's a shadow on his face mm-hmm. from his jawline and his cheekbone. And like you guys, you can see the like tendrils of her hair, the way her dress moves and curves. Mm-hmm. Like there's literal wrinkles from the spots on her <laughs> dress where they hug her body. I cannot talk about this enough. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. If you zoom in on the Artemisia Palace, by the way, you see so much detail. You can see the you can see the like glassless types of windows. You can see that there's no reflection from the moonlight. You can see the wow. different like archetypes that are in there. Like That's it's incredible. Just, it's amazing. So incredibly talented. Brilliant. Our next one is from Princess and the Pug on Tim Gurr. I love this so much. It is okay. <laughs> I don't necessarily think this is accurate. I think this is supposed to just be Cress, but like in my brain, this is when she's hiding in Jason's mm-hmm. guard quarters. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. And yep. it's perfect. I love her. Like she's scrunched up on the ground. She's on her little um, net port, net screen mm-hmm. thingy, trying to Tablet, like hack yeah. into stuff. She looks super comfy. Yep. I love this more like everyday take on Cress. Mm-hmm. I love that she's just on the computer. Like, I feel this like is of all great. people in the series, she would be the one that would be like the everyday like. I f- she's kind of like the Steph, where she wears like sweatpants <laughs> all the time. Literally, <laughs> oh my god, sweatpants you know are what? great. <laughs> They are they're amazing. I'm wearing them now. Um, but <laughs> I love her hair. The detail in the hair, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. The waves. Yep. Very nice. The waves are beautiful. I love that detail and the different color tones that she uses to sort of manipulate that. And then yeah. I love the sleeves on the t-shirt. It's like I saw that she's too. kind of wearing like leggings and a t-shirt, but the t-shirt has that princess feel because it has the Yeah, I was about to say it has sleeves. like a, a, a Cinderella blue yes, and then also the puff as well. I love that. Yeah. And I don't know why, but it looks like she's kind of wearing like basic makeup, which feels very crest to me. Yes, it does. <laughs> yep. Um, so not trying yeah, too hard to impress. Love it. I love it so much, and I just I know it doesn't state that it's from the from the scenes where Cress is hiding in right. Jason's guard quarters, but I mm-hmm. like to imagine that that's what this is. So I thought Absolutely. it was perfect to share it for this chapter that we're on. Perfection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So big thank you to both of those artists. You can find that artwork on our Instagram and on the website. If you want to share your artwork with me, send it to princekaifanpod at gmail.com. Last week, Patreon members got to vote on chapter titles. Chapter 23 is A Sweeter Place by Selena Gomez. And chapter 24 is Mama, I'm Coming Home by Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> Very Perfect nice. for when Wolf shows up at home after like 12 oh, years, so right? Oh, so sweet. Yeah. Oh, man. That scene, man. <laughs> and it's so man. funny because the people I recorded with are so young. They had no idea who Ozzy Osbourne was. They never heard that <laughs> song before. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, so I was like, oh, cool. I'm old. Um, <laughs> no big my deal. My birthday is coming up, but I, it was like a reminder that I'm getting old. <laughs> it's fine. I'll get cake. So, <laughs> okay, cake. Nice. Cake is my favorite part of my birthday. My mom has this tradition when we were growing up. Everyone would come into your room to wake you up in the morning on your birthday, and they would all wake you up by singing happy birthday. And the very first thing you did before you even rolled out of bed was you blew out your candle and you got to have a cupcake for breakfast. Yes, I want that tradition every day. (laughs) It is like one of my favorite traditions that my mom started. I think everyone should do it with their kids, their partners, your roommates, whoever. Um, 
Very I just sweet. love that. Like before you even yawn or get upset and hit the snooze button or go pee, like you have cake. Just yes, cake I in your face. I accept that every Woo-hoo. day. And everyone, <laughs> like the first thing you do is you get to make a wish and everyone is singing happy birthday. And like there's just something like so magical about waking up that I way. I love that. It like sets the tone for your birthday. Like you are about to have a badass day. You woke up with cake. Heck yeah. Cake. Yes. Woo. Literal cake for breakfast before you even brush your teeth. It's fantastic. Are you more of a chocolate or vanilla person? I am a chocolate person. A chocolate cake or do you like chocolate icing? (laughs) Both. Both. (laughs) Both. Yeah. But I'm also like one of the things people hate about me is that I don't like caramel. What? I can't stand caramel. Oh, if you want to hate me more, I also hate ketchup. Get out of no, here. I can't stand either one. Even the smell of ketchup, I'm like, ugh. Really? <laughs> I didn't even notice that ketchup has a smell. If you don't like it, it has a smell. <laughs> that is probably true. That's if you don't hilarious. like something, you find reasons like to and my, like my husband will get me every once in a while. Like the other night we were at a party for his work and um, they had pecan pie. And I was like, oh, I've never had pecan pie before. And he was like, try it. And I took a bite and I was like, it's not too oh. Oh, oh my God! Is that caramel? caramel? He was like, "Yup, <laughs> yes, ma'am." <laughs> that is great. He was like, "You didn't notice it on the very first bite," and I was like, "I noticed it pretty quickly." Because <laughs> it's like pecans on top with like a caramel glaze, and then underneath mm-hmm. was like a caramel vanilla custard. I don't Aye. like vanilla or caramel, so I was like, "Well, the pecan part's not bad, but there's something on top of the pecans that's gross." <laughs> like, <laughs> That's so anyways, and now that all of our listeners uh, hate me for not liking ketchup, vanilla, or caramel. <laughs> Some real truth today. <laughs> My favorite cake is I love chocolate cake with whipped cream frosting. Oh, yummy. Mm, or, you're making me hungry. <laughs> or my mom makes donuts from scratch every Christmas. Ooh. And cinnamon rolls from scratch. And I Do mean, like, tell. from scratch. This isn't like you go out and you buy a can of biscuits and you fry them. Like, this girl makes them from scratch. Wow. And they are bomb. And if she wanted to make those for my birthday, that would be fine. <laughs> wink, hint, wink, hint, mom. Why don't hint, you hint, drop hint, everything mom. you're <laughs> doing <laughs> and drive all the way to Mississippi within the next 48 hours. So that actually within the next 24 hours so that you can provide this to me on my birthday. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Love it. So it's no one's birthday this week except for mine. Sad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I will say a happy birthday. This comes out way after our birthday. But to my friend Ruthie, we are birthday Twinkies. We have the same birthday. So. <laughs> Twinkies. Aww. That's awesome. <laughs> happy birthday. Birthday Twinkies. I love it. So, oh, and today, the day that we're recording is Taylor Swift's birthday, if anybody cares. So happy, is it really? to, happy birthday to a queen. Happy birthday, T-Swift. <laughs> I love T Swift. I went to oh see her. Oh my god, in, me too. Oh, I went so to see her much. with the 1989 concert. It was like MetLife Stadium. I was in the last row, the very last row, but it was still amazing. I bet. Oh my gosh, you should listen to 13. It's a Taylor Swift podcast, and they go like song by song, and they are amazing. Really? Oh, that sounds fun. I like never have to pay attention to theories or Easter eggs anymore because like they do it for me. Wow. <laughs> I gotta, Very we gotta nice. check that out, Devin. Absolutely. Absolutely. So last week we left off with Jason and Winter decided to hide Cress in Jason's guard quarters. The crew made it all the way to Wolf's parents' home with his mother, Maha, and she decided to give them sanctuary. Bless Maha. 
Bless. Honestly. She's such a sweetheart. The queen calls Jason to the throne room. There's mm-hmm. no one there except Lavana and Amory, so that's sus. Woo! Sus. <laughs> Jason is Sussy. worried it's about Cress, but it's so much worse. Oh, hmm I don't know about you guys, but I remember the first time I read this chapter, I had so much anxiety. Yep. Literally, yeah. I was shaking the entire time. And I just, so I read it as an audiobook first, and I bought the book for this podcast, and I read it, and like reading it even, I was anxious. Like, yeah, it was crazy. It's like one of those moments where it's like the pages don't turn fast enough. I can't read fast <laughs> enough. Yep. Because there's so, much, there's so much going purpose. on in the moment. Because you can like zip up an audiobook to like 2.0, and I will sometimes yep. if I'm stressed out. <laughs> there's just so much going on. There's so many feelings going on mm-hmm. um, that like you're on high alert going into this chapter. And one of the biggest things that we get from this chapter is a huge Easter egg. Way back in the beginning of the book, Jason was like worried because these kids gave Winter this right. crown on her head. And he was like, yep. you're not a queen. You can't wear a crown. And Winter was like, no one knows. No one cares. But Jason thought if someone saw it, they're going to care. Someone saw it. Jason walks yep. in. There's a, a screen in the room it kind of they didn't describe it this way but it kind of reminds me of like when you're in high school and it's a tv day and they like roll the big card in the class (laughs) for a movie day (laughs) but um so lavana basically in this chapter lavana panics that she has no choice but to eliminate princess winter because she's a threat to her crown Mm-hmm. And then she threatens Jason, if he doesn't kill her, then Lavana will kill others, including these yep. children and possibly his parents. Yeah, yep. that's insane. These are like, I know we'll talk about it later, but these are the scenes where I really, really see the connection between like original like Snow White and like mm-hmm. what's going on here. Like when she says, what is it that she says? Like, oh, that you serve me, your queen, and not your princess. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, Lavana is such a good villain. Like, I can't even. <laughs> I, I mean, this scene is is amazing. One of the uh-huh. things I absolutely love is that Lavana, like, she plays him. Yeah. So much. She, she really does. fiddle faddles with his emotions. Like, this makes her so happy. Um, oh, yeah. And of course, Amory is sitting there enjoying every she's single second of it. She's pulling all the strings. Oh yeah, she's like, I just want to trust you again. I want to make sure you serve me and not your princess. Mm-hmm. And so I made a little test for you, so that you can prove your loyalty. And as you know, I raised Winter as my own child, and I loved her father. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> but I'm tired of her. She refused Amory. And now she's walking around with the crown, and I just, I just can't have it. So you're gonna have to kill her. Yep. It's just that easy. <laughs> yep. Oh man, it's so heartbreaking. And Jason immediately. Oh my god, we never see emotions from Jason ever. No. I know. Even, even Winter, he hides that stuff from, and mm-hmm. he breaks down so fast. Is this the first? A chapter where we are in his perspective? No. Okay. I wasn't sure about that. 
We had we a did- couple perspectives of him when he first woke up after yes. arriving back on Luna. Okay, okay. They're very vague. It's very short. Right. Um, and then we actually had this chapter in his perspective where she, where he found the crown. One of the, that part was a, it was, it happened within two chapters and one of them was his perspective and one of them was Winter's perspective. Okay, okay. Yeah, so we I love when, close. whenever we get Jason's perspective because he's like the one that's trying to hide his emotions, probably the hardest out of anyone. And like, it just, he has to deal with so much crap. Like in this scene in particular, it's just, I don't know. It's a big thing for me when guys who like have a hard time expressing their emotions, Mm -hmm. when you end up like they profess them or you're seeing them like that is my favorite kind of scene. And that's why this particular chapter, I'm really glad we're talking about it because Jason is just like the the exact kind of guy that I would love in a book and (laughs) that like hides their emotions. And then like you see how emotional he really is when it comes to winter. And that to me is awesome. My husband used to be like that. I mean, we've been together long enough that he's not like that as much anymore. But yeah, right. when we first got together, um, he was very taciturn, mm-hmm. very closed off. So much so that a lot of people were like, "You guys are getting married? That's weird." <laughs> um, like <laughs> myself included for a little while there because. That's a whole other story. I think right. I told you guys about his first version of a proposal. No. I, no. Tell us. I think you did. I think Maybe? Wait, did. you? It was, I was looking at apartments. And <gasps> yes, he, you did. Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. And he said, he said, do people move in together before or after they get married? And I said, some people do before and some people do after. And he thought that meant we were engaged. So he told <laughs> And oh then God. when I questioned him, he was like, you don't want to marry me? You said that you loved me. Why wouldn't <laughs> you want to so marry funny. me if you love me? Like, so- my husband is one of those people, like, you shouldn't have to say it. It should be a given. Yep. He says that stuff a lot now, mostly because I, like, whined about it for so long because <laughs> words of affirmation is my love language. Right. But, oh, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, yes, this was just, this was my husband, like, admitting my feelings sounds hard. <laughs> I'll just be like, you're pretty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this scene... I think I'm going to insert the audiobook because Rebecca Solaire does amazing. But She's amazing. Where he is begging for her life. Oh my God. It breaks my soul. He's it literally does. begging. I know. Please, I'll make her marry you. Yes, yes. Like, <laughs> she'll be useful. I promise. Like, no. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. Crushing. <laughs> Crushing. It kills me so much. No, he whispered. Lavana raised an eyebrow. I mean, my queen. He cleared his throat. You can't. He looked at Amory, who was half smiling, pleased with this decision. Please, ask her to marry you again. I'll talk to her. I'll make sure she agrees. She can still be useful. It's a good match. She's just nervous. And this is when Lavana sort of does what she knows will never bring him back. Mm-hmm. She says, sure, Winter can live. Who should die in her place? How about these three innocent children? Yep. Ah! Or maybe your dad. Or ah! maybe your mom. Or maybe <laughs> no! all of them. And then I'll have Jericho kill the princess anyways. Uh. And oh my gosh, you guys. When Jason is thinking back to when they were younger... And he's like, what was it that he says? Let me look. 
Oh, he's like, he remember wanting to protect her even then, even before he knew how much she needed protecting. He also remembered trying to steal a kiss from her once, only once, when he was 10 and she was 8. She laughed and turned away, scolding him. Don't be silly. We can't do that until we're married. How freaking <laughs> also cute is Little Winter? Because, like, for one, it gives us a little bit more backstory about Jason and Winter. Yes, how he it only does. does feel about yep. her. Even before two, we read the prequel. Right. Yep. But two, I think this is exactly how brains work. Yep. You're constantly thinking about other things. And in this moment, it wouldn't surprise me at all that he would have memories of Winter bubbling up. Uh, like that. I feel like I do that sometimes. I, the most random things, I'll smell something, I'll see something. It makes me think about <laughs> something else. And I kind of transport back for two yep. seconds because that's all it takes to remember something like that. Oh, absolutely. Back. Um, so yeah, I just absolutely love that that was included, not only to give us insight, but to show us how Jason thinks. Yep. So that is yep. kind of where we leave this chapter. Yeah, I'm a fan of this entire piece. Winter, yep. Jason very reluctantly agrees to kill Winter, um, but he's obviously not very happy about it. He can't let Jericho be the one to kill the princess. Jericho. Right. Oh God, I hate Jericho. <laughs> the worst. He's right up there with Amory and Lavana. Just <laughs> the <worst>. bitch. <sighs> so what was your song choice for this one? Okay. Who would you like to go first? What'd you say, Devin? Who would you like to go first? Oh, anyone. Go ahead, Steph. Uh, okay, so I picked Elastic Heart by Sia, but I, I think it's like not... I'm the kind of person who like the mood of the song and the music video goes into my decisions too. Um, so with this one, have you guys seen the music video for Elastic Heart by Sia? I don't think so. I don't think I've seen it. Okay, look it up because so it's Shia LaBeouf and then this young like dancer and like they're fighting it out and it's just like they're fighting because it's like the person's heart and the person's mind like fighting it out. And I feel mm -hmm. like in this in this moment, we can see Jason's true turmoil of struggling with with his heart because his his heart has been elastic for so long. I mean, he's mm -hmm. had to just bend to the whim of this queen Um and he still hasn't lost his love for, for Winter and his protectiveness over her, even though the queen is just trying to make his life a living hell. And you can see it in here, like, you did not break me. I'm still fighting for peace. Like, he's trying to both preserve Winter, love her from afar, and not lose himself to the queen. And I just, I, immediately as I was reading this this scene where we can see his, his almost breakdown of his heart that's been pushed mm -hmm. around so much, like... You can see his head and his heart fighting, like knowing that he doesn't want Jericho to be the one to take her life. But like also he knows he has to do it, but it breaks his heart that he has to do it and that he's even being asked to do it. And it's mm -hmm. just like such a battle. And that's why this this song really spoke to me um, nice. for this particular chapter. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I chose I actually wrote down two, but I, I I've decided that I'm going to do one. Um, my original one was going to be Crazy Train <laughs> by, uh, by um, Ozzy Osbourne. But um, my actual choice is going to be Look What You Made Me Do from Taylor Swift. The T-Swift. You got to represent yes, on her birthday. Always. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but so both of these kind of I was going for more of um, Lavana's perspective. Mm -hmm. Um 
I mean, just the the first verse. Um, I don't like your little games. I don't like your tilted stage. The role you made me play of the fool. No, I don't like you. Um, I don't like the, the you're perfect. So like, she's just like this is her moment that she's just like you dis like you disrespected me, and here's what I'm gonna make you do it for it. Um, look what what look look what you made me become in a sense. Like, you're making me do this. Um, so it I although like. I know it's not meant for her. Like this speaks her. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other lines. I got a list of names and yours is in red underlined. Um, but yeah, it just talks about like you disrespected me and she's blowing her cap off too. Like you can yeah. see that this is getting under her skin. Um, mm-hmm. She's shedding layers and the real beast is being revealed um so that's why i chose this one i think and just the music video itself is really cool too oh yeah Um, golden music video (laughs) phenomenal music video yeah so i don't know i just it's a catchy tune like what you made me do what about you bethany so i chose don't take the girl by tim mcgraw old Mm. song i know but as soon as I finished reading this chapter, that was like the first one that came to mind, which is um, just about not wanting to say goodbye yeah. to, to the girl of your heart. Um, and so some of the parts that kind of break me are take my money, take my wallet, take my credit cards. Here's the watch that my grandpa gave me. Here's the key to my car. Uh, but please don't take the girl. Uh, oh no, stop. <laughs> take the very breath he's you begging. gave me. Take the heart from my chest. I'll gladly take her place if you'll let me make this my last request. Uh, take me out of this world, God, but please don't take the girl. Oh, yeah. stop it. That's perfection. Yeah. Especially oh like the God. take the take the heart from my chest because this is a Snow mm-hmm. White retelling and he oh. in the traditional Snow White you're supposed to bring back the heart as proof that you've yep. killed her. So That's amazing. Yeah. Well done oh, with that. Man. Well done. <laughs> so, listeners, Patreon members will get to vote on which one of those songs wins for the playlist. Mm. What about your chapter quotes for this one? So I chose, um, just like with Winter, he had been sure the best way to protect his loved ones was to pretend he didn't love them at all so they could never be used against him, just as Levana was using them now. So it shows like his hopelessness in that he has been trying to stifle every emotion that he has for all of these years to make sure that like his loved ones are protected from her craziness. Um, but it's sad to like watch like the last sentence of that, just as Lavana was using them now, it like shows like, well, I guess it was all for naught. Like she ended up figuring me out and manipulating me. And it's just like a devastating moment for him. And I think it really explains Jason's perspective and like why he is the way he is. Um, so that's why I chose this one particularly because this chapter is all about Jason and like his mm-hmm. past with winter and what his motivations are and all of that. Nice. Um, the one I chose is she was psychotic. This he known, of course, but he never seen her vanity and greed and envy and flame in her like this. She's become irrational and her anger was directed at winter. No, winter and Celine. It just shows that it's winter 
and Celine that's really driving her apart. Like she knows that it's coming and she her brain is on and firing <laughs> a million parts a second because um, she's just antsy and her vanity and greed are finally coming through and it's just showing how insane she is becoming over this whole situation um so this is like almost the start of um that whole situation because it builds throughout the entirety of this book and this is a pretty chunky book this is the big is it this isn't this the biggest one of the set um yeah it's uh crazy how much is packed into this one novel and uh you really see it develop through the character of levon and how she's meeting her own downfall what about you beth I chose it would make no difference to try to deny he cared for winter. I mean, it kind of goes with with both of your quotes that he didn't want to reveal that he cared about winter. He didn't want to reveal who was important to him. And then like with Devin's quote, all he all he remembers about her sometimes, like all he can think about is how they did almost kiss. Right. They could have got in another life. Maybe they would already be getting married. Um but he can never deny that he cares for winter. Not when everyone in that palace watched them grow up together. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the only thing he can do is to try and make it seem like it never bothered him. But there's only so much you can do to protect yourself in this kind of a society. And he could never distance himself enough that Lavana wouldn't pull at these strings because even if part of Lavana was like, he doesn't care about his family. She was still going to play that card mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. because there's that percent. There's that 1% that he might care about. That he his might family, Exactly. Or that he might just care about human life in general, that he mm-hmm. might not want five people to die. Compared to the one. Compared yeah. to mm-hmm. the one. And this is something like my husband and I talked about this when he read this chapter because I was like, I don't know what I would do. And he's like, I don't know what I would do. And I have to make those types of decisions. Like he doesn't have to because he's in the Air Force. But right. they, <laughs> you know, there's that mindset of like service before self. So mm-hmm. the military comes before your friends, your family, your loved one, yep. anyone else. And that yep. can be a very hard thing to accept when when there are certain situations that come about. And would he have to make this decision? I mean, probably not likely. We're not in that kind of state of war. And he, you know, does computer programming for the United States Air Force. So it's not like he's on the front lines or anything. But it's just this mindset of like, could you? Mm. If you were told either kill the woman you love or even just one person that you care about. It doesn't even have to be the woman you're in love with. Like someone that you care about. Or you can kill both of your parents and three children. I mm. mean, it's an obvious thing that, like, of course, you want to save five lives instead of one. But how could you do it either way? I know. Right. That's so hard. Yeah. I, I, I. Lavana's wicked, wicked queen. The worst. Wicked, wicked queen. <laughs> These days, more authors are including mental health content in their books. But do you ever wonder how accurate some of this stuff is? Or... Do you ever read something where you know the author just gets it? I'm Elise. And I'm Priscilla. And we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers, and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your show. 
So chapter 26, we're in Cress's perspective. What a shift. Oh, I, I know. You guys, <laughs> in this moment. Oh, my god. We gosh. go from Jason having to, ad- having to agree to the fact that he will murder Winter to Cress, like, bored in Jason's room that's so yep. tiny it's even smaller than her satellite and she's kind of lonely and she can't even go to the bathroom by herself. And she doesn't know what's happening to her friends. And, I mean, it's just such a huge shift to go from, like, distraught, horrified, terrified Jason to bored Cress. I know. It really is. And then Cress's response to it is, like, shocking but inspiring. And Mm. I just – this chapter is short, but it's, like, really – it packs a punch. It does. And we see, like, what what you were talking about earlier, Stephanie. We see that it's not just, like, the readers who think Jason is, like, a cold heart and has yes, no she emotions. Does. <laughs> is like, oh, I didn't realize you were capable of having emotions. I didn't realize you cared. <laughs> like, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Crest, like, hides under the bed when she sees that someone walks in and Jason is like, it's me. It's amazing how much you can put into into just a few words, but the emotion mm. there, she can feel it. She can feel that something is wrong, something right. is different. Yep. Yeah. And Jason is like, you can disable cameras, right? Because you're leaving tonight with Winter and that little redhead girl, and you better keep her somewhere safe. That princess of yours better keep Winter safe. Oh. He, like, it's just so sad that, like, well, it's not sad. It's, like, adorable, but it's also sad. Like, this is the one thing that his world revolves around. It's winter. Yeah. Like, that is the one thing that he cares about. And, of course, it's the one thing that is requested of him. Like, ah, oh, breaks my heart. Power play on Lavana's part. Yep. And, you know, this is such a telling moment for Jason's character because Cress is like, okay, I can do that, but the best way to get them out would be if I stayed behind. Which ah. Jason is immediately suspicious of. He's like, "Why would you do that?" Right. Because, I know because he doesn't. He doesn't have that same. His main focus in life is winter. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't have so that compassion for, for others. Right. So unless it's for winter, he doesn't necessarily think about the safety of others. Right. But Cress, who barely knows winter or Scarlet for that matter, she's never actually physically met Scarlet. <laughs> right. Right. But Cress, who cares so much for paths. other people. They literally haven't crossed paths yet. The only time that that Scarlet and Cress have interacted at all. Oh, through the that's the right, video, the video link chat. when she was hiding yep. under the desk. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. The only interaction they've had. <laughs> that's insane. And Cress is like, "I'll stay behind so they can get out because this is what this is how I can repay them for everything they've done for me, mm-hmm. and it'll Very keep sweet. her other friends safe too." It's such a brave moment for such a a girl that we've seen. That she's not necessarily skittish, but like, you know, she's she's new to life, and we've seen her grow up almost into this like confident woman. And it's mm-hmm. like this is the moment where we're like, hell yes, Chris! Like you're doing it. You you have reached the the pinnacle, Chris moment. Mm-hmm. And that's actually well, we'll talk about my quote later. But that's why I chose that quote because for me, this chapter is less about what Jason's thinking of doing and more about the choice that Cress makes. Um, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the confession 
from Jason. He knew that Sybil had Cress locked away in that tower for over a year and he never helped her. What do we oh just talk yeah. about him being sort of uh. self-serving that he only thinks about others in, in connection with Winter? Yeah. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And wait, now, does he now, say in that? theory, like, what could he have done? I don't know. Probably yeah. not anything that wouldn't have also gotten him killed because he's a guard with no powers. But... But he never even thought of it is what matters. What right. matters is Correct. that it never occurred yeah. to him that he could have or should have never done something. Never crossed his mind. No. Well, the power of him saying it, though, when he did not have to tell her that is no. a real moment for Jason. Absolutely. Like, he's asking for this girl's help. And then he's like, I just have to be honest with you. Like, I didn't help you all this time. And I knew. And it's just like, obviously, it's heartbreaking for Crest to hear She's brave nonetheless, but for him, it's like you did not have to tell her that. So it's a real moment of growth for Jason too, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. He just realizes that there is such a thing as compassion and empathy and that you can reciprocate feelings for people that you don't have a direct line to. Yeah. Why do we think Jason has this personality trait when he was raised by – like we read Ferris. We saw that his parents were like kind and right. very emotional and loving. And even his relationship with Everett, who was kind of like an uncle to him, was yep. loving and kind. So where do we think this part- this version of Jason's character came from that he sort of closed himself off so much that he can't even empathize for another human being properly? Yeah. I thought it was probably in his guard raising. Training. Training, yeah, yeah whatever he would. Well, seeing what Lavana can do, like... Probably scares the crap out of anybody. <laughs> she murdered her own husband. Yeah. The mm-hmm. only yep. person she ever loved, if you want to call their relationship that, but the only person she ever even remotely cared about, and she murdered him for her own gain. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's not, and I mean, you don't get much darker than that. Nope. And is this, this is just a, a tactic for himself. It's to protect mm-hmm. himself, but it kind of backfires and, um, doesn't allow him to connect to other people. Um, we see his journey throughout the entire um, novel of him grow as an individual and experience like, oh, I can be someone that um, just wants to help somebody out without any personal gain in the situation. Um, I think he's never which, had a reason to question that personality trait before. Right. Right. And this is the first moment where it's like, wow, okay, that's cool. <laughs> I He's never been think, challenged on it. No, because nobody has, um, you know, called him out on it before. Right. Especially when they live in a very selfish world that revolves around Lavana and um, Her they have very, and- right. And they have very little voice in the whole situation and Mm -hmm. they just do what is required and asked of them and what else are they going to do right right you can't you can't do anything (laughs) you were chosen for this role for a reason you have to accept it so it ends with one of my favorite quotes in the entire series to ever exist (laughs) ever (laughs) i will protect winter with my life Second, only to her, I promise to protect you too. 
we've seen what he's willing to do with his mm-hmm. life. Yep. We've seen how far he's willing to go to protect Winter. To pass that protection on to Cress is to basically guarantee her safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's an extremely selfless moment because he's not doing it to serve Winter. He's getting Scarlet out of there. Why? Because he needs someone to help Winter get out. Exactly. And because it'll make it easier when he, because no one's going to protect Scarlet later, but he doesn't care about that. He needs someone who can get Winter out. Yeah. Let's get that girl out of that cage. Can we just say it? (laughs) Yeah, honestly. (laughs) I I don't know if you guys have listened to recent episodes, but I have a lot of issues with Scarlet being in that cage. You have a lot of, you have a lot of uh, (laughs) pent up energy about this. But but this is such a big moment for him mm-hmm. and for really Cress because Cress didn't know he was capable of having a heart at all. Yeah. And now he's like, I'll give it to you. Which is yeah. very cool to see. Amazing. Yeah. And that's where we end the chapter. So what was your song choice for this one? So I chose Leave Out All the Rest by Linkin Park. And... It's one of my favorite songs about um, like a selfless – I guess it's not about a selfless act, but essentially what he's saying is like um, – I need to find a good quote from it. Oh, when my time comes, forget the wrong that I've done. Help me leave behind some reasons to be missed and don't resent me when you're feeling empty. Keep me in your memory and leave out all the rest. And I just like envision this as like Jason's final like – farewell almost to winter in his head he's like i've never really been a good guy um but i'm gonna take this moment to like save these girls lives and um so he's asking Cress like help me to leave behind some reasons to be missed help me to really you know mm-hmm. save my purpose for living and to and, and i just love that the growth that we see in him too is like keep me in your memory and leave out all the rest all of like the like Cress's visions of him being like a like a stoic guy and just all of this we just see Jason blossom into like this protector this like feeling protector and i just i love that so yeah had to go with Linkin Park <laughs> perfect <laughs> what about you Devin so i went old school I don't know if anyone will know this song, <laughs> but I chose Be My Escape by Reliant K. Yes. <laughs> Reliant K. 15-year-old Bethany was like, yes, I love that song. I know. And this whole album in general. So I chose this kind of in part of both Jason and Cress. Um So I'll just read some of the lyrics that stood out to me when I originally chose it. Um Let me see, where do I want to start? Uh, I've given up on giving up slowly. I'm blending so you won't even know me apart from this whole world that shares my fate. Um, She is stuck in her room and she just feels like, what what, what can I do? I haven't, there's no purpose for me in the moment. Like I need to do something. So she's just like stuck. Um, And then... um, because I know to live, you must give your life away. And I've been housing all this doubt and security, and I've been locked inside that house all the while you hold the key. And I've been dying to get out, and that might be the death of me. And even though there's no way of knowing where to go, promise I'm going because I got to get out of here. Um, but this goes back to that quote with Jason saying, like, I knew that you were there. I And I kind of, I was that one holding the key in a sense. Like, I 
could have helped. I knew this was, I knew you were there. And maybe if I would have had some kind of thought to reach out and help in some way, like I could have gotten you out of there sooner. Um, but he's the one that is like really just dangling the key and not sure what to do with it. Um, but then we have the whole chorus where it's like, um, I got to get out of here. I'm begging, I'm begging you. I'm begging you to be my escape. So now we finally are, this goes with Scarlet and it goes with winter and, um, and even Jason, like I'm begging you, please let me help me help these girls get out of here. I need you to be on my side. I need you to help me do this. And, um, and even though I held this key over your head for so long, um, I need you to also, I'm, I'm, I'm just blown away and grateful that you want to also stay behind to help my girl escape. Aww. <laughs> so heartbreaking. Also one of my favorite bands. I love the callback to them. Uh, which to bury us or the hatchet was like my emo heart song. Oh, heck yes. <laughs> oh man, we had an emo like phase. Sitting friend. in the dark, laying on the carpet, like listening over and over again. <laughs> I will be listening to this album later on this week for sure because. Of oh this. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I already want to go like blast which to bury before I have like a run again or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll just listen to that on repeat for my next run. There you go. <laughs> So I chose Getaway Car by Taylor Swift for obvious hey, reasons. Swift. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to take it back, I also chose a song by Mayday Parade. Also old yes. school. <laughs> Mayday. I chose Ocean and Atlantic, one of my absolute favorite songs. Some of the lyrics have to do with crest. Some of the lyrics have to do with escaping. Uh, the very first line of the song is Jessie says she's been here for a thousand days. A thousand days to her that just don't mean a thing. And that reminds me of seven years spent in a satellite. Mm -hmm. Yep. She finally gets out of the satellite only to be trapped on the rampion for weeks at a time. And now trapped (laughs) in Jason's room. Nice. (laughs) But she's done it so long that it just doesn't mean anything anymore. Hey, she spent a lot of time out in Africa, okay? (laughs) She did. She did. Which there's another line about, about her singing. And Cress is always singing, so I love that. But mm-hmm. the chorus, first of all, the beat of the chorus is killer. If you're on a run, this is a great one. It's on my running playlist. Um, she said she'll run until her feet don't touch the ground. And as the waves carry me out, keep listening. She'll never make a sound. So keep Aww. it coming and the details quiet. She's like the ghost that keeps you up all night. And she'll be a secret you can keep. Keep me. So much wow. of that has to do with like all three of them. Jason is mm-hmm. going to keep her a secret. Mm-hmm. Cress is sort of keeping everyone a secret. She's keeping all the details to herself. And she's basically a ghost hacking into this system. And nobody knows where the Phantom Menace is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just crazy. one of my favorite songs. I love that we both went old school for this one. Makes me super happy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that um, it talks about like that secret. And we don't know yet what jason has planned but yep it's gonna go down he's he's gonna do something yeah yeah and it must be good (laughs) Mm -hmm. so what were your quotes for this one oh mine was um she was growing confident in her decision she would stay behind to give winter and scarlet the best chance for escape because like i said like yes this is a story about jason and his growth and then his decision um but really, for me, it was, like, amazing to see Cress 
what I love is that she was growing confident in her decision. Like we're watching Cress become confident in herself and confident mm-hmm. in something that I don't know if she would have decided to she's do. She's not when talking we first to herself, her. telling her that she needs to be confident in this moment. Exactly. <laughs> she, she's it, not like, okay, be brave. She just, it just says she was and growing confident. she's not going confident. back and forth. She's not like, well, the right thing to do would be this, but don't I deserve to get out of her too? Exactly. Like she's not having that mindset. Right. She just decides it. And it's such a like, it's just such an amazing moment of growth for Chris, and that's why I love this whole chapter, and that's why I chose this. Even though it's not like a, it's not like a beautiful, wise statement. It's just sort of the moment of action that yep. we see Chris take, and that's really impressive to me. So that's why I chose that one. Love it. Perfect. Mm. And the one that I chose was in the little time she known Jason, he had struck her as cold, heartless, even cruel at times. <laughs> but now he was fringed at the edges, ready to tear apart. Um, and why I chose this one because she's seeing a new side of Jason. Yep. That is literally, he just got the news. He just said, yes, I'm going to do this. And now he's come back and he's just A, devastated, and B, like, his mind is racing trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do? So he's literally, I'm sure his hair's, crazy in a mess uh, his yep. bun his his pony bun is like his all messed up pony <laughs> <bun>. <laughs> <laughs> um like he is stalking back and forth trying to figure something out and you can just see it in his eyes that he is crazed he doesn't know what to do and she just sees that he is red he's falling apart and he's fringing um at the edges like he's crazy trying to figure something out um so i love that that she's just seeing a new side like usually he's cold stoic and doesn't show emotions and now he's like overloading emotions (laughs) so that's why i chose this one perfect so mine was i will protect winter with my life second to her i promise to protect you too i talked about it earlier but this is a beautiful heartbreaking moment for both jason Mm -hmm. and chris it is Kind of, Jason always kind of reminds me of Darcy from yes. uh, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> um, right? And I think this is one of the many scenes that proves that because Darcy is kind of always seen as very self-serving mm-hmm. and never doing anything for other people. And then out of nowhere, we see him sacrifice so much to save Lydia from what would be an absolutely horrible fate and really isn't the best even after he helps. Um, (laughs) And so this is one of those moments where I'm kind of reminded that it kind of just reminds me of Jason's sort of inner Darcy uh, and and the connection that the two of them have. Like I said, we see that Jason is kind of heartless. Um, Even in this own scene, he admits that he can be heartless. And he has this moment of like just sheer humanity that no one expects, least of all Cress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. That's a great connection to bring in Darcy. Like I didn't even think of Oh, I of did. Like, I can connect like, everyone to Darcy. <laughs> honestly, and I love it so much because I've been thinking, like, oh, he's kind of like a dark, mysterious guy who like has this mm-hmm. emotion inside of him. But true, like also the way that he reacts, like giving everything for her just like Darcy in that moment with Lydia I love that yeah absolutely and you know Marissa has said multiple times that her favorite book in the universe is Pride and Prejudice so maybe she was tapping into that when she was you know 
when she was writing Darcy or Jason. I don't know. That's but, awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just he's magnificent, and um, I think that you know the two of them have a lot in common. But I just when I was reading this scene, especially the very first time, um, it definitely reminded me of this scene in Pride and Prejudice when it's revealed how much Darcy did. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you watch the 2005 movie where he basically is like, you must know that I did that for you. Right. Like, yes. Yes. And, and which is very true. Um, he definitely did it just for her and it goes back <laughs> to being self-serving and why are you really making these decisions? It's like, right. well, winter's my end game. Mm-hmm. So I love that end game. That's one of my favorite. Winter's places. my end game. <laughs> <laughs> So this week, there weren't any Easter eggs other than I think it's obvious that Jason's going to get Winter and them out. Like, that's not really an Easter egg. They've said it. Yep. Bonus word, hair once, Captain once, and Scars twice. Next episode, we're going to cover chapters 27 and 28. Will you guys please take a moment, tell us again all about your podcast and where people can listen. Sure. Go ahead, Dev. Um, so like we said before earlier, we are We Ship It Podcast. Um, it's run by Steph and I. We are best friends um, who take on couples from the universe of literature and uh, movies and TV. And we decide whether or not we approve of them, whether or not we ship <laughs> Whether it. we approve. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we always try to I mean, that is ultimately guests. what you're doing when you say yes Truthfully. or no. Yeah. Ship it, right? Like you're saying <laughs> exactly. whether or not you think we're this is We're just being valid. judgy. Yeah, we're just being judgy old biddies, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have guests on all the time. We actually had um, Bethany on a little bit earlier yeah. um, where we talked about Cress and Thorn. Um, so if you haven't listened to that one, you can check it out. Um, Steph, am I missing anything? I think not. Yeah, just definitely engage with us on Instagram. I know we have a lot of different social media, but Devin is amazing. Like he Get makes graphics here. and all this fun stuff. So and beautiful. Thanks. Thank you. So and good. We just like loved like inst- the Instagram podcasting and um, bookish community. Like it's so great. It's so amazing. So if you're on Instagram, like please engage with us. Yes, please. We constantly want comments. We would for love the to get to know you. Guests. Yeah. So. Thank you guys. It was exciting. This was fun. I was yeah, so happy to have you. Yeah, and you can listen you. to us we wherever can do it again as well. Sometime and oh, we should. If you ever do any other Marissa Meyer characters, I really hope that if she's not available, I am. <laughs> hey yo, oh, absolutely. And let us know if you have any other couples that are like on the brain, and we can definitely invite you back. Uh, anything yes. from Vampire Academy or Bloodlines. <laughs> right. Please read yes. those and then speak to my heart. Um, speak absolutely. to my heart. <laughs> I love them so much. Uh, love the Corella series, I love basically anything with love. Even if I haven't read it, like I'm going to selection exactly. series. If you ever do that one, holla. I've oh, not read yeah. it, but it is on my list. It's basically The Bachelor meets Hunger Games, and it's fantastic. Perfect. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the best possible way I could describe that one. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I would come back for anything. I love to talk about nothing but happiness and romance. And obviously, <laughs> if you guys do one on Schmidt and Cece, please have me there. Maybe we, I can get my husband to do it. He loves Schmidt. We're planning to do Schmidt and Cece. So if you two <laughs> want to come on as a couple, get a guest couple, we would love that. <laughs> I mean, you can try, but he really doesn't like doing the podcast. So yes. <laughs> you might be able to get like some notes from him and I'll try and I'll share them. Perfect. But yeah, absolutely. Perfect. I love love. So... 
So do we. <laughs> Anytime you want to have me back is great. <laughs> yes. Love it. So thank you both for being here. Listeners, thank, thank you, you for listening. Do not forget to check out The Heartless Musical because I'm super stoked for it. Like I said, I'm going to be there. Um, last I heard from Marissa, she emailed me a few days ago. She's going to try to be there. So super cool. duper exciting. Duper I'm really Have you heard any of the music it. from it? Not yet. Okay. But they That's have- exciting. They have little video by the time this episode comes out, maybe, but they have a YouTube channel and their Instagram has been posting videos like it's crazy. It's been blowing up. Um, so, yeah, absolutely love it. I'm super excited. This comes out January 3rd, so the day will have come and gone, but this Saturday, um, they're doing a Zoom meeting with Marissa. So, oh, I saw that. You, That's super yeah, exciting. Yeah, I, I signed up immediately. I was super excited. Well, actually, Marissa messaged me and was like, you're coming, right? And I was like, yes, I will be there. Let me just drop everything. I don't think I had anything <laughs> planned anyways, but no big deal. I, I would drop everything. <laughs> cool. So, listeners, thank you for being here. And keep reading, keep listening. And until next time, don't get glamored. Bye. Hey, bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs> The audio clips you heard today were from Rebecca Solaire's rendition of Winter by Marissa Meyer, a Macmillan audio production. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guests were Stephanie and Devin from We Ship It Podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening.